welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their inspiring hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 123. Hey guys and girls, welcome to the show. I want to thank you for coming back for another episode. If you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for coming back for more. And if you're a first-time listener, I just want to say thanks. I really appreciate you clicking on the link. Uh, something caught your attention, and I hope that you enjoy this. This whole podcast idea of mine just came from the desire to want to hear some really good hunting stories. So to provide some entertainment, to just enjoy uh, learning from those stories, but really just smiling as we hear guys tell about their experiences in the woods. And then part two is to inspire, to encourage you, to help you some way. Um, You know, the guests sometimes say things that just blow me away. Sometimes uh, I feel like I've got some input that might be helpful here and there, and I'm just grateful that uh, you're here to listen. So I hope that it's something that will do those two things, encourage, entertain, and inspire. So uh, that was three things, I guess. But anyway, I can't count, but uh, (laughs) just grateful for you listening. Uh, If you are new, I will point you to some of our social stuff. Uh, We are on YouTube at Shedding Light Outdoors, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, If you would like to come on the show, uh, this show has an open invite, sheddinglightod at gmail.com. Um, up to this point, I don't know that I've turned anybody down that's wanted to come on the show necessarily, unless they were like trying to sell something. I think there was a couple of those where people wanted to come on and just sell stuff, and I wasn't into that. But um, if you uh, want to come on, would love to have you and hear your stories as well. Um, you know, speaking of sponsors, there are no sponsors. Today's uh, made up sponsor is Keurig Coffee because I've already drank some espresso and brewed coffee, so why not have a Keurig as well just to wrap things up? Uh, but. <laughs> I I will say this. uh, I have had an opportunity recently to join a network of podcasts and won't say which one that was or anything like that. But uh, at this point, I've, I've declined on that. And here's why. What's most important to me about this podcast is not getting paid for it, although that would be nice. Um... Uh, what's important to me is offering something that's authentic. And I do not in any way want to give up my ability to choose what I sponsor. I like my fake sponsors right now. Maybe one day I'll have sponsors on this show. But I want to give you my word as a podcast host, and I want to say it publicly, that I'm not going to uh, sell out for any companies that I would not endorse. And if I can't choose who uh, is popping up as a commercial, if I ever get to that point, then I'm not going to do it. And so that's a choice I had to make recently. And uh, so as of today, you are still stuck with fake endorsements. So thank you, Keurig Coffee, for your semi-tasting, halfway decent coffee. All right, that said, we're going to get into it. Today had an amazing, amazing conversation with a guy I grew, my, my brother actually grew up with. So my brother's five years younger than me. In his class is a guy named Mikey Russell. Uh, whale of a football player, as I recall, and in recent years, I know him as a big buck killer. Other than that, don't know a whole lot about Mikey, and I tell you what, I know him a lot better now. Had a fantastic conversation, not only about some major, <laughs> some big bucks that he was able to get on and chase. Uh, today, we talk about a buck named Fat Boy that was eight years old uh, that Mikey was able to get on, and just an incredible story of the chase and the challenge and what led to this buck. Mikey falls out of a tree stand um, and uh, is able to get this buck in the same season. So I'll let him explain that amazing story about that buck, another buck. But beyond that, we get into some just good conversations about life and what uh, we think God teaches us while we're out in the woods. So 
maybe that's if you're new you're not uh don't know where you are on that walk if you're into it i'm trying not to be too forceful on the show about those sort of things but i do just want to give you a heads up that we talk about faith a little bit in this one and um and i think it's good um even if you aren't a person of faith i think you can still appreciate the story and i hope that this is once again entertaining and inspiring so those things said we are going to get right into it today i have a great conversation here is mikey russell well, joining me from my hometown is Mikey Russell. Mikey, how you doing, man? Doing great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm just pumped to have somebody from Monroe County join me on the line here. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what's you into tonight? Anything fun? Uh, you know, I uh, I just got done spending the evening with my kids, and uh, so that's that's my definition of fun outside of uh, chasing deer. <laughs> there isn't anything else I'd rather do than chase deer and spend time with my kids man i'll tell you what are you kids old enough to chase deer with you yet my uh my son will be three in july and yeah i don't think he understands what's going on but man he loves going with me so <laughs> I, uh, my, if i mentioned checking cameras or feeding deer um he's at the door he, he's ready to go so yeah Oh man, I can't wait. I, I, I love, you know, kind of being able to just go out and do my own thing, but I did take my daughter on a hunt this year and got her up in a ladder stand, which I definitely wouldn't recommend. Like <laughs> I was like tying her up with ropes, making sure she'd fall out. Right. But you know, she was rattling the horns and, uh, well, while I was doing rattling, she was grunting and, uh, rattled in a little tiny buck, but there's nothing. I mean, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Like that's in what it's future about. Years. That is, that's what it's about. I think some of my best memories are, uh, my dad taking me out. I, taking me out as a young kid and uh, yeah looking, looking back even you know through the deer that i've killed uh, the best memories i have are probably with my old man yeah well i want to get into some of those stories i want to uh, kind of give guys a little bit more of a picture of who you are so you uh tell us a little bit just i'll let you introduce yourself so mikey russell you live in woodsfield right i live in uh woodsfield ohio <clears throat> i'm yep. born and raised here um i'm 31 years old and I am in a I'm a detective at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. I've uh, got into law enforcement straight out of high school, and here I am, 31 years old. I'm still in it. And uh, yeah. yeah, how you like that? Kind of a crazy crazy job, right? Yeah, I mean um, it's something different every day. But uh, we live in a we live in a great area where we're supported a lot by by those around us, by the citizens, and um, yeah. So it's a uh, it's it's a different kind of job you know like i said you do something different every day but but i I, I do love it yeah that's good now you are a little bit younger than me you're the same age as my brother and i think you guys graduated the same time is that right yes we graduated together in the same class 2009 oh boy so you and i can feel free at any point if you want to just uh, tell some stories on my brother or rip on him you know it's fair game okay (laughs) i don't know if you'll listen or not but (laughs) okay (laughs) I know he was uh, talking to you a little bit about that buck that he shot this past year. Yeah, you know, I, um, I said I'm super proud of him because <laughs> over these last couple of years, I remember when he first started getting that deer on camera and he was out hunting him. And, you know, especially this year, whenever he was able to feel the deal, uh, it was kind of funny. He'd send me pictures and when when he wasn't there, the deer was there. And when he was there, <laughs> the deer wasn't there. So uh, when he, he actually called me that evening when he shot that deer and, uh, I went out to help him and he wasn't sure if it was obviously his target buck, the buck that he was after. Um, sounded like it happened pretty quick. And I can just remember, you know, when we found blood walking down over the hill, I was, I was praying to God. I thought, man, 
please let this be that deer because like i said <laughs> he he grinded man he put, he put the work in he put the yeah, time he did. in and, uh, it's a there's no feeling like it like uh you turkey hunt my i turkey hunt and i've you know ran rabbit dogs my whole life but there's a there's no feeling like going up and wrapping your hands around a big old buck yeah yeah it was uh, i tell you what that i <laughs> I had a different experience with Jacob, I think it was a year before or two years before that. So this buck, he's been chasing for a good while. And, um, so we were muzzleloader hunting down on the right of way below his house, um, yes. opening morning. And this buck stepped out and it was just, I know it was legal shooting light. Um, and, but we had this buck step out and we weren't sure which one it was, but he looked like a nice shooter buck. And Jacob had my muzzleloader. I was filming and I was like, I got him on video. I don't know if it's him or not. And Jacob, he was excited. So he pulled the trigger. And we tracked them. And I tell you what, we were excited to find the buck, but it definitely with, within a matter of seconds, we knew it wasn't, it wasn't goofy. It wasn't a target buck. And I, I remember him trying to be excited, but there was just that little bit of hint of like, Oh man, it's not the one I was after. So right, fast right. forward a year. And he finally, you know, after three, four years of encounters with this buck was finally able to seal the deal. I was, I was pumped for him too. And that, that's, that was a, that deer is a great deer for anybody. I don't care who you are. That was, that was a great deer. Like I said, I'm proud of him. He grinded and um, <clears throat> I was glad I wasn't a part of it, but I was glad to somewhat be a part of it because um, yeah. <laughs> he, he sent me pictures, you know, the last couple of years and um, asked for advice. And um, I don't know everything, but I offered him what advice I, I could give him. And um, I was just glad, like I said, I remember walking down there and I was praying to God. I was like, man, let's let this be that deer. <laughs> when we shined the light on him, there was no doubt who it was. <laughs> i think that's a cool thing about hunting mike i think it's neat like i love like during the you know last part of october you get into those two weeks in november and anytime a buddy or my brother calls me there's that tinge of excitement like mm -hmm. could it be like you weren't there but there's that moment where you're like you answer the phone and you're, you're wondering are they going to be like jack like my brother he called and he was out of breath and he's like, i think i got him i think i got like he's all pumped up of course i'm leaving the woods i'm out of breath too and i'm like what which one is it you know and it's just I don't know. There's nothing quite like that. Just sharing, even if you're not there, just getting that phone call. I, I love being on the receiving end of those, those calls. Oh, absolutely. Especially when it's somebody that like somebody like your brother, you know, somebody that like I said, I, I wasn't a part of it, but it's, it's nice to know that you're on that level, that you're one of the first people they call. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, I, I want to dive into your background a little bit with hunting. So kind of, you mentioned uh, hunting with your dad, some of those memories. So kind of give us a picture of how you got your passion. I know that you love to hunt. I mean, uh, you were, we video chatted a second before we hit record here and I can see you have a wall of achievements there and things, uh, plenty of stories to tell, but how did it all begin for you, Mikey? You know, I, um, I think I'm like any other, uh, another county and that's in their twenties, thirties, 40s um when i was a kid i can remember when we would make the turn on the main street the uh opening morning of gun season and uh there was a restaurant there in town that's uh, an eye doctor place now it's called hometown restaurant oh yeah that's where all the deer hunters would all would always eat breakfast and i can remember as a as a very young kid you know out of bold action 410 and i couldn't hit anything with it <laughs> i shot at a lot of stuff but i couldn't hit anything with it but I can remember, you know, we'd make the turn there at the redhead and that was all you could see up and down the sidewalks was, was blaze orange. Um, every, everybody was a gun hunter and there was always a bunch of groups. There was big groups and 
everybody ate at hometown. And, um, you know, I was, I was, a I was a kid and looking back, I, you know, I, I felt privileged just the fact that, you know, I'm in a restaurant with all these deer hunters that I, I felt like I was something like, I, you wait till I tell my buddies this when I get to school. Yeah. But that was, that was what I most remember growing up is, uh, you know, you make the turn on the main street, you know, opening day of gun season. That was all you seen was blaze orange. People walking yeah. up down the sidewalks, people, people meeting uptown to get, you know, get their game plans together. And, mm-hmm. um, when I first started out, uh, our family has, um, a good little piece of property out in Stafford, uh, which of course, you know, where that is. And, uh, yeah. we always got together as a family and, uh, we, we would do deer drives, me and my cousins, my dad, uh, my grandfather, my uncles, um, and that's that's how I got started, um, mm. and it seems like that's obviously faded. Um, the the yeah. the gun the gun hunting groups are are few and far between now, in my opinion. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that is because so many people are getting into bow hunting. Yeah, and, um, I feel like gun season's sort of fading, and we have this perception that if you're a if you're a serious hunter, you're a bow hunter. If you're not a serious hunter, then you go out in gun season. And I mean, that's the perception that I think that social media has has yeah. has a lot of it, lot to do with it, in my opinion. Oh but, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think uh, I think I look back on those memories and just such fond memories. Like just being a part of the group was what I remember. Like I was not like a great hunter, but I was among guys, some that were really actually really good hunters and Mm -hmm. just some really good human beings that were fun to be around a lot of laughing and just enjoying the woods together. That's what I remember about it. And and I think, I think you're right. I think bow hunting has definitely um, made it harder. I also think just land like for our guys, um, you know, I I didn't come in town, so I never ate the hometown. (laughs) Uh, We had always, meeting the, uh, the lead guy you know his basement where we'd have like we eat cookies and some trail trail bologna and stuff there that was the breakfast we had <laughs> and then we'd go out on a drive but it, it was a lot of these properties have gotten bought up and they just don't whether it's bow hunting or leases or whatever it's just hard to find places to actually do deer drives anymore most people don't want you pushing their deer around is, is the way it kind of seems yeah you're 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 exactly right and i actually i think i've uh, maybe seen a picture or two of uh, the group that you guys used to be a part of or were a part of, um, yeah. the family group. And, uh, it, it was sort of the same thing, you know, your, your uncles and your cousins and you, uh, you got together and had fun. And you're exactly right on that though. Um, I think you're running out of, uh, you're running out of the good old people that that'll give you permission and <laughs> yeah, it only it be you kind of thing, you know, because uh, let's face it, you know, somebody comes waving money at you and says, Hey, I want to hunt your deer. And a lot of these farmers, from my experience, don't even hunt. And, yeah. you know, they want, they want these deer off to, for crop purposes or, or whatever else. So, I mean, when you're doing them a favor and you're waving some money at them, yeah. you know, <laughs> I think it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like that kind of transition for you over the years, you know, from doing that. And same with me, I kind of went from the gun hunting and the group hunt to more of kind of like a solo bow hunting. So kind of talk a little bit about that, maybe some stories in between of, you know, some of your favorite experiences. I think it could be a gun hunt or a bow hunt, whatever, just, you know, some of those things that stand out to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, um, like I said, I think a lot of it's, uh, social media driven, but I've, I've got out of gun hunting. Um, I, 
I love bow hunting and nothing against people that do gun hunt. Um, yeah. it's just, uh, I, I put a lot of time in and I, in my opinion, there's nothing like, you know, being 20 foot up a tree by yourself and sort of like you and God and, you know, whatever comes along or whatever happens. Um, yeah. That's between you and God too, you know, God's in control, <laughs> and, you know, you, it's up to you. But, um, yeah, I, uh, like I said, I, I'm in the same bucket. You know, I got out of gun hunting got into bow hunting and really, really enjoy it. And uh, what I enjoy the most about, you know, be able to incorporate my kids into it. You know, I was, I was raised on hunting as you were. And I think we both have that same mindset to, incorporate our children and uh, yeah make the memories but uh probably my favorite my favorite memory as i sit here and look up at my walls uh i have a deer i killed in i believe it was 2017 uh, and i i called him fat boy and <laughs> anybody that knows me knows what or anybody that's been in my living room knows what deer i'm talking about but uh He's just a old, old deer. He's an old eight point. And you look at him, he's got great mass, um, big brow tines. Um, just, you know, there's other deer on the wall that would score, score more than him. But when you come in and pick out a deer that you'd really like to have an encounter with or would have to shoot, it would have to be fat boy. And I actually, I have a long history with this deer. Um, I ran into him whenever he was like five and a half. Mm. And he had stuff going everywhere uh just a bunch of trash a bunch of kickers and i was hunting hunting him on a piece of property that, that wasn't pressured and I, I consider myself lucky to have gotten in there and i've gotten the opportunity to hunt him and i actually had a buddy that was hunting probably like a, we'll say a holler river and he showed me pictures one day he's like hey look at this deer i got on camera my heart sank i was like you know, he's my buddy, but at the same time, I'm like, when I got that deer on camera, I was like, I'm not showing, I'm not showing anybody that deer. They're like my yeah. heart sank. And I was like, well, I'll tell you, I have him on camera too. And we, uh, <laughs> we sort of teamed up and did our best to, to kill him. And we weren't able to, to kill him. And I more or less, I didn't, I didn't lose that property. Somebody else started hunting in there somebody i knew so out of respect i didn't <clears throat> I, I didn't go back in kind of thing mm -hmm. uh and fast forward from you know when he was five and a half to he's eight and a half and i get to the deer on camera and i you know i was looking at him i thought man that deer is a giant and i just i couldn't there was something about him that stuck out but i couldn't remember i couldn't really pinpoint when it was and I went back and pulled those pictures up from when that deer was five and a half. And uh, I'd be dying. It was him. And yeah. I, uh, I actually started hunting a deer that year that was in the mid 160s. And I, I let my buddy and his wife go hunt this deer that I call Fat Boy that I ended up killing the following year. Looking back yeah. on it, I, uh, I, looking back, I'm like, man, I was a good friend. <laughs> letting them, letting them hunt that deer. Now that I have him on my wall, I'm like, man, I was a good friend letting, letting them do that. But quick um, question for you: yeah. how, how 
for me, the thing I have a hard time figuring out is an age of a deer. So how did you know, had you had any other previous pictures of him or was it just by seeing how big his gut was, his neck, his nose? How did you know that this deer was already like five and a half or around that age? Well, I, at the five and a half, I guess I would look, looking back, I can say I know now that he's five and a half. I actually sent, um, I have a Instagram page I follow. It's, I forget what exactly it is, but they'll take a tooth. If you send them a tooth, they can age that deer by the tooth. And I, oh, when wow. I killed that, when I killed that deer, I was like, man, I just got to know how old this deer is. So I, uh, oh, okay. I ended up, I, I, I ended up sending, sending the tooth away and I was able to confirm, you know, when I, when I had that deer at first, he was five and a half and I'm not sure what happened to him as far as making him lose all of his character, character and whatnot. But, uh, he's still a giant. I'm standing here looking at him now, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I just happened to switch focus the year before that, and I would have been, you know, I would have been very happy to kill him. And I actually have the sheds here from that year, from the year before that, whenever I, I let my, my buddy and his wife hunt him. And uh, I switched focus and went after another deer. And um, that deer actually ended up getting killed. You know, that's part of the game. You, you follow these deer throughout summer, and, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of these deer, you know, you follow for years. And that deer ended up getting killed. And, uh, I lucked out another deer ended up coming in and you know this deer ended up moving to a different farm and I wasn't able to I wasn't able to hunt him any that year which I would have gladly killed him you know after that mid-160 got shot but um we fast forward to 2017 and I was running cameras and I I got I got him on camera early early summer I got him on some mineral and whatnot and uh at the end of July were the last pictures I got I'd gotten of that deer. And I knew some people that were hunting bordering properties that had him on camera. So I, I sent out some messages and was like, hey, I'll help you out if you help me out. If there's a deer you're looking for, I got a couple deer that are daylight. Mm, that's cool. So I, I brought this deer up and uh another hunter that I that I knew that you know we talk about deer on and off. He said, yeah, I, I have that deer on camera. Uh, this is where I have him on camera. I have him dark on a corn pile. And I reached out to a couple other people and they're like, yeah, I have that deer on camera. This is where I have him. I have him at dark on a corn pile. So I ended up, I think, talking to like three separate people that all had this deer on camera at dark on a corn pile, which, mm. you know, whenever I ran into this deer when he was five and a half, he was on the corn pile. So, I, you know, <laughs> he... I think now these deer grow up on them. These fawns bring their yearlings in, you know, then they come in and these deer grow up on corn piles from the minute they come out of their mama or until, you know, a a lot of times or until they get shot. And, you know, here in Ohio with it being a baiting state. And um, I sat down. Yeah, I I think you, you see some people that do this. And I sat down and I got a piece of paper out and I started making notes where this deer was, when, what time he was there, um, that he was on a corn pile, whether he wasn't on a corn pile. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it was like the third week of October, going into, going into the end of October. And uh, I got home one day, and I uh, went and stuck a camera out. And I found this, I found a giant scrape out on this ridge. And I, I had in my mind that there was no way I was going to shoot this deer off of a corn pile. I, it was just 
I never had even daylight on the corn pile and from talking to everybody else that they didn't either. And what a lot of that is, in my opinion, is like I'd mentioned, these deer grow up on corn and grow up on bait. And all it takes, in my opinion, is one bad experience, whether it be somebody shooting them in the shoulder, or, you know, putting a bad shot on them or, you know, they come in and they get spooked or they come in and pick a hunter out of a tree. And I, I think one bad occurrence on a corn pile and, and deer are done, especially bucks. Yeah, I'd agree with so, that. I had it. I had it in my mind that there's no way I was going to shoot this deer on a corn pile. And uh, I took a walk and I found a giant scrape. And I stuck a camera on it. And something just told me I didn't. I didn't take a set out in the woods with me. Something told me, listen, you need to get a stand in here. So I stick that camera on that scrape. I run back. I get some sticks and get a stand and I put it up and. Uh, the next day, I went and I checked that card, and I had a really, really nice eight point in there, and definitely a shooter. And uh, I saw I'm gonna, I'm gonna climb up. I, that deer came in. I had him daylight that morning, and as crazy as this sounds, and not the proudest moment of my bow hunting career, as I was getting into my stand, I had a stick that was pretty much straight across from my platform, and I'm so guilty of I'll climb my sticks and I won't strap my harness on mm-hmm. or I'll have my harness on. I, I just won't clip. I'll climb up and then I'll clip once I get in. Right. And um, I put my foot on that stick and I think you can, you can finish the sentence of what happened next. Yeah. Down. 20 foot up in the tree. And before I knew it, bam, I was hitting the ground. Oh, and uh, man. Put me in a daze. <laughs> I, I wiped some blood off my head and uh, I've, said at that time i was like my arms broke i knew my arm was broke but even as crazy as that crazy as that is i grabbed my bow and i climbed up in and i sat because I, just Are you had kidding this feeling, me? I had this feeling that this deer that i had on camera was going to come in there and he didn't so i actually get back home that evening and uh had dried blood on my face and i was like man my arm is broken and uh <laughs> I ended up talking, my, my old man came out and he's like, you need to go to the hospital. But the deer hunter in me, I said, if I have a cast on, you know, we all know how good deer can smell. If I have a cast on, there's no way I'm killing a deer this fall. So I, uh, I toughened it out and here I am seven days from the day that I, that I fell and I climb in the stand and it was a warm evening, but you ever have those evenings where you get home or you're sitting there and something just says, you better get in the tree. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was one of those evenings. And I, uh, I hurried up and I got in the tree, made sure I clipped on that time. <laughs> and, uh, I got in the tree and it, it was early, you know, before the time change, it was probably around four. And I wasn't in there for 20 minutes. And I had a, a yearling doe come up out to my left and I messaged a friend of mine and said, yeah, I got deer on me already. And mind you, I was hunting on a scrape. I, I wasn't hunting on corn. Um, and the main reason for hunting on that scrape was I was trying to, to kill this deer that I'd you know, known since he was five and a half years old. And I didn't have a picture of that deer at all. And as I've said that, you know, I, I had him in, in the summer, but as far as recent pictures, I messaged people trying to find him. Yeah. He disappeared and vacated this farm I was on. And uh, I put that set on that scrape thinking I was going to find him. And I thought, you know, 
from the places that I knew he was on camera, it wasn't very far, quarter mile, half mile. And I, I was by a, a doe bedding area and there was always, always really good action in and out of there late October, early November. And I thought, you know, if there's a place this deer is going to roll through, uh, he's going to have to come check these doe groups. He's obviously, I knew he was the most dominant buck in the area. And I knew at some point in time, if I put time in, in that stand, that that deer would come through there. And I actually threw out, you know, everybody tries to play the wind right and everything else. Um, this deer was just so unpredictable that I told myself at any point in time that I can get in the stand and hunt the scrape, I'm going to hunt it. And I got in there that evening. Like I said, I had that yearling doe come up out to my left. I messaged my buddy and I said, I, I got deer on me already. Put my phone down in my pocket, like 15 minutes go by and uh, my phone vibrates and he sends me a message back, says, aim small, miss small. And as I slide my phone down in my pocket, I look out the ridge and like all I can see is a giant with his, he's got his antlers up in the limbs. He was making a scrape. I took my hand, I took my eyes off of him long enough to grab the bow and which is what a five second process, take your eyes off of him, get your bow and get ready. And, um, got my bow ready and I look up and he's gone. I'm like, man, where's that deer at? And then I'm, looking through all the trees and I'm like man what, what tree was he making a scrape at so like 10 minutes go by and this deer is nowhere to be found I'm like are my eyes playing tricks on me or what and uh, all at once I look right in front of me at how he made it from where he was at to where I seen him I look and he's 22 yards walking right at that scrape <laughs> and I have no idea how he got there. It was almost like God dropped him out of the sky. And as soon as I laid eyes on him, I thought, this is going to be my only opportunity. This is my only opportunity. And as he walks in front of me, he gets to about 15 steps. And Travis, when I say I didn't move, I didn't move. And he stopped and looked and picked me right out of the tree. Mm. And I knew that I knew that he had his eyes on me. I knew that he knew that I wasn't supposed to be there. But I also knew that, listen, if I'm going to make this happen, I got to make it happen quick. Mm -hmm. And he did the, I think we've all seen it on TV. He stopped, did the one step back and the 180 turn. He was getting ready to head back. And I was able to, as quick as I could, I ended up putting right behind the shoulder and I shot. And he mule kicked and uh, he ran out around to the left, got like 30 yards away. And I, I looked over and I could see he had his mouth open and I thought, man, I had to smoke him, but I didn't see where I hit him at. Again, I take my eyes off of him to hang my bow up. I look back over and the deer is gone. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like this can't even be real. So I do the, I pull the Jacob. I'm calling people. I can't breathe. I mean, you know, everybody's like are you all right did you fall the tree again like and uh and then i'm trying to explain to people what deer i shot but at the same time i haven't been telling anybody about this deer so they're like what deer yeah. is it and i'm trying to explain to them they're like well i don't know about that well i was obviously keeping it secret yeah so i uh i ended up getting a couple buddies that, that had came and met with me and uh, they said we're on our way so i climbed down trying to find my arrow 
And Were you using a, a compound bow? So I had the compound the week before that. All right. As I yeah. mentioned, I fell out of the tree. Yeah. I wasn't able to draw my bow back. I wondered about that. I wonder if you'd had to switch over. I wasn't able to draw my bow back. So my buddy yeah. says, Hey, I got a crossbow you can use. I said, okay. All right. He said, don't even worry about it. It's sighted in. All you got to do is put, put where you want to shoot, put the pin where you want to hit. You're on. Mm -hmm. I got a scope actually. Yeah. And, uh, me being me, I believed him. Well, I don't know if the scope, <laughs> I don't know if the scope hit something on the ride home or whatever else. But what I can tell you is that bow was not sighted in. And I got down. I could not find the bolt. And me being me, I thought, you know what? I'm going to walk out here just a little ways to where I seen him last and see if there's blood. And I walked out there to where I seen him last. And there he was laying. Mm. And you know the stuff you see the stuff you see on tv where you know people try to control their emotions i can remember maybe it's just having the you know the past history with this deer and knowing this deer for you know four years and you know i didn't kill him at the age i did because i waited for him to get that old i killed him at that age because that's how long it took me to kill him <laughs> I, I tried to kill him um I did everything you can think of, you know, the, but what it came down to was, as I mentioned that I think the reason I killed that deer is they grow up on bait sites and they get one bad occurrence and one bad experience and they shy away from them at daytime. I mean, how many people do you know that show you pictures of giant deer and they're dark pictures and they're yep. eating corn, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was, uh, it was just something I walked up there and I seen that deer laying there and I can remember I dropped to my knees and uh, I started crying and, and, and emotion and joy and you know, I, can, I can remember thanking God but I can also remember from when that deer was five and I didn't get to hunt him whenever he was obviously six but you know I hunted him two years after that and I can remember sitting in the stands and, and all the tree stands you know asking God like come on God like I'm asking you to let me kill a deer. Like yeah. I'm not asking, I'm not asking you to cure me of anything. Like I want to kill a deer. And yeah. um, I tell you, I think everybody and anybody that has any type of relationship with God, um, they speak to him a lot when they're in the, when they're in the tree stand, at least I do. Yeah. And um, man, I can tell you, you know, looking up at all these deer, you know, I can look at him and he was the source for so many conversations yeah. with the lord um whether it be hmm. man man i really appreciate it boy god it's eight degrees this evening <laughs> I, I think you know that i'm dedicated if you could just help me out here a little bit and then you know you, you walk back to the truck and you don't kill him and you're like man i i prayed to god and but it's just kind of crazy you know i all those times that that i i was in the stand and i talked to god and um most times we're about deer. Um, a lot of times weren't though, but it's just crazy that the amount of time it took me to kill that deer. And when I walked up on him, and like I said, the, the bow was not sighted and I, the arrow went in, the bolt went in right above his tail and I ended up hitting this femoral artery. So mm. That was God in his own right saying, here, I'll take care of you, bud. But yeah. uh, just a, uh, you know, crazy thing with that, you know, like I said, I, I, I talk to the Lord a lot when I'm in the stand 
and walking up on that deer, you know. As bring I up you, the, go ahead, sorry. As I told you in the beginning, you know, there's nothing better than walking up and grabbing a hold of a big deer, but yeah, you know, when that happened, it didn't even cross my mind to go up and grab a hold of that deer. You know, the first thing I wanted to do while I was out of my control, I dropped to my knees, you know, and like hmm. I said, out of emotion, I the tears were flowing and just thanking the Lord and uh, it all came together. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's a great story. And I, th- I think what hits me with what you talk about is I-, I think people think about guys that have, you know, especially non hunters that people that don't understand, like they see us putting antlers on the wall and they think that it's about a pride thing. Like, look at me, beat my chest. I killed this monster of a buck. And for yeah. some people that that is what it is. But for you, I think for me, it's a story. It's you, you look at that, like you said, you look at that, that buck and you, you don't just remember killing a really nice buck. You remember the, the time that you didn't kill him and the mm-hmm. prayers and the story. I remember that buck I have on my wall. I mean, he's 98 inches. He is nothing mm-hmm. that anybody's going to be jealous of whenever they walk in my room. But to me, I remember how, the, how cool it was that evening i remember sitting there reading a book like i was sitting there reading a book as this buck walking i remember the leaves i remember everything mm-hmm. and it's like i just remember how perfect that night was like i remember the fact that i had whenever i got in the stand i got down out of the stand and went and trimmed a, a, a spot where i thought that buck was going to stop and then mm-hmm. i got back up in the stand and that's exactly where the buck went and i just remember thinking i wouldn't kill that buck if i didn't do that you know just all yeah, of those absolutely. little nuances to a hunt so whenever you look at the mount on the wall, it's not like, hey, look what I did. It's like, hey, look what God did in the moment, like all these moments that we had that led up to that that you remember. Yeah. And that's that's really cool. Absolutely. Like and you you and Jacob were obviously raised in a, in a, you know, a household that you guys were taught right from wrong, you know. And um, yeah. anybody that anybody that knew your dad, he was a he was a gentle giant, but he was also the guy that. You didn't want to make him mad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't want to cross him, but um, you know, as far yeah. as you know, his faith in the Lord, uh, second to none. I mean, I guess I think that'd be a fair assessment from what I knew of him. That you know, he wasn't mm. he wasn't shy about telling people. Yeah, you know, you know, I appreciate felt. that. Uh, yeah, very, uh, very, very good guy. Very good guy. No, thank you. Well, Mikey, I, I tell you what, I, I love that story, and I, I don't know how you're going to top that, but I'm going to ask you to. What other? Because <laughs> you got me fired up now for deer season, and I've got to wait like five more months. So, any other uh, standout stories that you got up your sleeve for us tonight? You know, uh, since we're on, we're on the, uh, we're on the topic of, of God and, and whatnot. Yeah, uh, this this year is a rough year. Would you agree? You know, COVID. Yeah. No. You know, um, we uh, it, it tested it tested a lot of people. Um, it was, it was something that like, we all have our opinions on it, but for me, it frustrated me. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't agree with everything that was going on, you know, and it frustrated me. Um, but, uh, I think, it, I think it was tough on all of us kind of thing. I, uh, yeah. this is actually a, a story. Um, so <laughs> the third week of October, I, well, prior to this, I had a really, really, really good deer on camera. And I don't share my deer pictures with people. Like you're, if I do, you're a good friend of mine, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have your brother sending me pictures of this deer in the '60s, and he's always mm-hmm. sent me pictures. And I was like, ah, me and Jacob's buddies. I'll, all right, I'll send him pictures. So I sent him pictures of 
<clears throat> my target buck at the time. And holy cow, man, you know, you, you got to kill this deer. Well, I'm, I'm getting him daylight right before season. I, yeah, same thing. I couldn't get him daylight on a corn pile. I, I, when he was velvet, I had him daylight on bait, but once he went hard horned, um, I, I couldn't find him. I actually had to get down. I found a transition zone between two bedding areas and I got him on camera crossing the creek and I took your brother down in with me. Um, I had him a couple of days before season and I had him in this transition zone daylight. But I mean, it was literally, it was right at shooting light to where I was to the point where I'd have him going to bed, going to bedding and coming back. Mm-hmm. It was to the point that I didn't know if it was shooting light, but you could tell in the pictures and looking at the time and eh, I could probably shoot that deer, but it was one of those things that you probably have to be there and, you know, make the judgment when that deer walks by you. So I took your brother down in there with me and uh, it's a sacred place. I, I didn't tell him. Nobody knows, you know, like where it's at. And did you, blind, did you blindfold him? Take <laughs> oh, so We're going out through there and he's like, he, he did the, I ain't going to tell you nothing. And I drive my truck, you know, up over this hill and I didn't, he's, I think he was sort of looking at me like, what in the heck are you parking up here for? And then I actually had somebody ask me that later. Somebody ended up seeing my truck, like, why do you park there? I'm like, well, I don't want somebody to drive by and see my truck and think there's a good deer in there. <laughs> so put, putting too much thought into it. But <laughs> long story short, um, I don't end up killing this deer. In fact, he goes over onto the neighboring farm. Um, I end up finding where he was, I believe. I found some giant rubs on a white oak ridge. Um, I just, I couldn't pinpoint the deer and uh, another property, a few properties down from me, uh, guy ended up sending me pictures of the deer. So I, uh, I got discouraged just to be honest with you. I got discouraged yeah. and I, I had this deer all summer. Um, I knew the deer before this. I didn't just get him on camera. I knew the deer. Um, maybe I'll be able to finish the story sometime and, and, tell you a great ending to it but i knew the deer and i know the deer if you understand what i'm saying yeah um, so i got discouraged and i went and uh i had a camera on on a on a lease that i have and i had a deer and we'll say the low 50s come in and i was not paying any attention to this deer that was in the 50s because i was after another deer yeah and part of getting discouraged i uh I started looking at this deer and I looked at him every night and I'm like, man, that's a good deer. Like you need to go shoot it. And then of course I sent it to your brother who said, dude, you better go shoot that deer. <laughs> and then I sent it to another person that's not from around here. And they're like, uh, what are you doing? Like, go kill that deer. So, uh, that's a good problem right. to have whenever, uh, you know, you have deer so big that you kind of are ignoring the ones that anybody would be happy to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, my brother, your brother and I went down and, uh, attempted to hunt this deer one evening and like he was on midnights and I felt bad. He's like, Hey, I'll go video you. And it was a new stand. It was a two man ladder stand that we had put up. Um, ended up, I put the back rail of it on wrong and it was, in our backs the whole time we were sitting there um we had some does come in they winded us and it was just like it was a terrible evening Ter- i think we even we called it quits early um so <laughs> the more i the more days that went on 
you know, the more I wanted to shoot this other deer. But I continued to get, you know, this deer that was in the 50s on camera. And uh, we had a windy day real wind. And uh, there was a cold front that came in with it. I, I felt like the deer were going to be on their feet. You talk to people that were out hunting and they weren't, they weren't seeing a lot of action kind of stuff. Uh, this particular property that the deer was on, it has a huge doe bedding area on it, just packed full of does. So um, I've actually killed my bucks there the last two years. And it's a, it's the location of it's great because um, I'm actually in a hardwoods, but I'm right on the side of the backside of the CRP field that's just packed full of does. And it's a given that every October, November, I don't have any good deer on camera in there. When October, November hits, those bucks come in there. And they just go through that CRP field. There's does in there. And it's always a madhouse. Mm -hmm. I went in there with the intentions that, hey, I'm going to go in here and shoot this deer. It's going to make me feel better about the deer that I want to kill being on someone else's camera. So I uh, I get down in there. I got down in early. I had my, I had in my mind I was going to go in at a certain time. I was sitting here at the house. And I thought, you know, I probably ought to get in the stand. There's a cold front that came in. So I, I get down in, I have great access to the stand. I get down in the stand and I'm sitting there for 15 minutes. And as I said, I, I carry on more conversations with God in the tree stand than maybe anybody. And uh, I was videoing at that point in time. I was, uh, I was actually on with, with a company who I was, that was, I was videoing my hunts and they had a little, oh, cool. little web show. So I was videoing. This year was the first year I videoed. And, um, you know, I was just had the camera rolling, doing some scans. And I looked to the left and there comes a deer. Can't tell what deer it was, but I knew he was good. So I grabbed my bow. And at the point in time when I seen him, he was probably 60 yards. So I grabbed my bow and, uh, Man, he was on me. He was on me quick. And he, you, obviously, you video, so you know how hard it is to get your bow. And yeah, especially when they're coming fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I got the camera on and I look at him. I'm like, man, that deer's on skates. Like, he's coming. And uh, I hurried up and moved the camera. And I thought I, I thought I had where he was at. And he comes right up to me. Uh, the deer I shot two years ago, I shot at six steps. This deer comes through. I think I shot him like 13. Mm. Uh, I love I love using my top pen, man. There ain't no easier shopping. <laughs> you can use the top pen. But, uh, man, it was like I had a rope around his neck pulling him to my tree. And uh, I ended up shooting him. And I put a good shot on him. He ran out around the bank, found him piled up probably 100 yards or so. But uh, I, I don't hide my emotions kind of thing. Even, you know, this year is my first year videoing. Yeah, and I didn't want to be the guy that had videos on YouTube of me killing deer, and I'm on there, you know, crying, thinking <laughs> like, look, look at that sissy. You know what I mean? For people that don't hunt, could probably look yeah. at a video and be like, man, what that guy's crying over deer. But yeah. you know, this was uh this was a hard year. You know, yeah. not 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 just not in terms of deer. You you know, you mentioned you had a hard time with turkeys, like. And I think COVID really tested a lot of people and it tested a lot of, a lot of families. Yeah. And uh, I hadn't been in the stand long. 
And here I find myself talking to God. I told you, man, I carry on so many conversations with him in, in the stand. Yeah. Right before that, and it's on the video, which is it's on YouTube. Um, right before that, you know, I, I had I, while I was talking with him, I mentioned, you know, how terrible and how rough of a year that it, that it had been. And, you know, going through stuff, you know, the whole, everybody went through COVID, but, you know, we all go through our own battles as well. And uh, I remember talking to God and just asking, you know, if you could, if you could really make something happen here for me, I'd really appreciate it. Mm. But I was also at that time, you know, you know, I talked to him for four years for the deer that I killed. So I wasn't, I wasn't expecting any, any miracle or anything like that, but, you know, I was sitting there and, I, I remember I had it on video because I just flipped the camera around and I was crying and I said, you know, I was just sitting here talking to God. You know, it's been a hard year on everybody. And I said, if you could make something happen for me, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I no longer said it. I turned the camera off and I was sitting there and I looked to the left and boom, here comes this deer. I thought it was the deer that the 150 that I was after. Uh, it ended up being a, a different deer, still a very mm. good deer. Um, but you know, I climbed down out of the stand. I called I called a guy that lived there close to the property to come help me. And you know, I climbed down out of the stand. I got still got tears rolling down my face. And he got out there. He's like, "You all right?" I was like, "Man, you can't make this stuff up." Like, <laughs> I'm not. I don't go to church every Sunday. In fact, it, I don't go nearly as much as I should. Um, yeah. You know, I'm that guy that every deer season carries on a million conversations with the Lord. And, you know, he might say, guy, you talk to me all the time, but you know, you never come, you never come see me or you never, you know, you know <laughs> I don't see you in church or anything like that. But man, I carry on a ton of conversations. Well, I got to the bottom of the steps. He's like, you all right. It's like, you can't make this up. Yeah. What do you tell can't make what up you put a good shot on i said yeah but i was just talking to god and i just i just asked him man this has been a rough year on me if you can make something happen i would appreciate it and i turned my head and here comes this deer well, i mean right at me and it ended up you know i i had never seen the deer before i didn't know the deer all the neighbors knew him so like when it got around obviously you know how Monroe county is when it got around oh, yeah. I, I shot a deer I had all the neighbors messaging me, hey, we send me pictures. And um, there was a couple people that it was their uh, it was their target buck, but um, good people, you know, they were they weren't the people to get mad at you because you shoot a deer that they were after. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, we were on on the subject of deer and God. And, yeah, you know, that's awesome, that, man. That was another one that rolled into my rolled into my mind. Uh, that's sweet. Do you, do you have a? I'm, I don't know if you have to have the link or. I want to watch that video, man. Is it still up on YouTube someplace? Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll actually All send right. it to you, and I'll uh, I'll yeah. drop that down in the the comment section if anybody wants to check that out. That I'd love to see that, man. Yeah, and I'm no um just a heads up. I'm no uh, I'm not a great videographer, and it was just me that day. Was, uh, yeah, me. I tell you what, I, anybody that <laughs> we get, you know, now that we're starting to gain a little bit of popularity with Shedding Light Outdoors, I, we get crap all the time on these videos, you know, of different things. People always want to rag on different things, and I, and we don't typically respond with anything other than thanks for watching, you know, that's it. But 
I tell you, until you've actually tried to self film, you have no idea what that moment it, how, oh, how it's already for me. Like my problem is I probably should have gone out and like killed some bigger bucks, you know, prior to trying to video because, um, <laughs> uh, maybe I could have learned to kind of, even just doing that is hard to keep it all together and remember everything that you need to do and sighting, right. you know, yardage and everything. You add a camera in the mix, you add a GoPro to the mix. It's, I tell you what, it, it's a lot to focus on, especially yeah. if that deer comes in all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's yeah. just, um, you know, there's, there's not much you can do for us. We've just tried to, I mean, the deer, the camera has cost me some deer in the past. I'm trying not to let it cost me anymore. Cause it's just like, you know, I don't get paid for this. It's just for fun. It's for entertainment. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, something that we enjoy doing, but it's, it's not easy. That's for sure. It's, uh, it's definitely not, like I said, it, it was all, it was all new to me, but, uh, Yep. I, the deer actually walked out of frame right as i mean you can hear the air he walks out and you hear the air smack but um, yeah one that thing happens. that one thing that can't be hidden and there's uh is my emotion <laughs> I mean, yeah i I, mean, I can't hide it either yeah i mean i i have some pretty wild reactions after shooting some bucks and it's uh I don't know. I think for me, because it's still relatively new, you know, I haven't shot any whoppers by any means, but I tell you just each experience like i said you know, like you said, it, it's that you're praying for it. And sometimes, I mean, that can happen instantaneously. I had a, there's a boy that I know that used to go to uh, our church, graduated. And <laughs> I just wanted to punch the kid because he, he went out gun hunting one day and he was out there an hour and he got cold and he, and he said he was out there and he just prayed, God, can you please let a buck come along? This was his first hunt of the year. It's not like he's put in like a lot of time. He opens his eyes. I kid you not. He opens his eyes and he kills a buck bigger than what I've ever shot in my life. He shot, I think it was like a 130 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he pulls up, shoots his buck and kills it. And I'm just like, I've prayed that prayer about a hundred times, God, you know, over the course of like really long seasons. What's (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, you know, it it does make you appreciate it for sure. Whenever it comes together. Yeah. And you know, we, we had talked about, you know, raising our kids in the outdoors and, um, I think too, like I said, I, I don't go to church every Sunday. I'm guilty of it, but, uh, yeah, I think that, I think that the out, the outdoors is a way to, a way to teach about God too. I mean, yeah. and it doesn't have to be in the sense of, uh, you know, going out and sitting in the stand and you know, reading scriptures, but, um, it's just, it's crazy how much, how many people have implemented the Lord into their lifestyle through hunting. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I, I see it a lot. You know, I see companies now that uh, their shirts, a lot of these boat company shirts have Bible scriptures on. Yeah, you know, I see it frequently. You know, people that people who's, you know, they have a product, whether it be a broadhead or whatever else or in some sort of company. Uh, Pure Whitetail is one of them, man. They have uh, they have Bible scriptures on their shirts. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how. I look at deer different. Like I said, I've rabbit hunted my whole life and I've turkey hunted. I love white-tailed deer. I love them. Yeah. I'm obsessed with them. I absolutely love white-tailed deer. But like I said, part of with me being guilty of not going to church on Sundays, these animals have given me a relationship that I probably wouldn't have with the Lord, yeah. if that makes sense to you. Oh, absolutely, man. And I, I wouldn't deny that at all. I think, um, the the verse comes to my mind is the heavens declare the glory of God. And, and there's so many other verses that just talk about, I mean, God made it and he wants us to enjoy it. And I think 
if we're out there enjoying it in its purest form, you know, it's just sitting in a tree, watching the sunrise, watching the sunset, you know, the coolness of the breeze, all of those things that just hit us. There's no way I, I, in fact, I can't, I don't understand how people can't, you know, experience God while they're out there or think that it's just by chance that all that happens. Like to me, the outdoors, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I obviously think church is another part of our lives. It's another aspect of how we can grow with God and be connected to other people better. You know, so Mm -hmm. I, I think church is important. But there's no denying that I being in the woods is a religious experience, <laughs> or at least it should be. Absolutely. You know, I mean, being out there and spending that time in the quiet, that's that's different. You know, whenever I go to church, there's you know hundred some people around me and it's a different a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Whenever I go to the woods, that that purpose there is is also I think really important. There's that time. Um I actually heard this just yesterday. I want to tell you this. I, I think it's neat. Um, there's a guy I follow, his name's Ozzy Dave, Australian guy on Instagram, and he posts these really interesting things. And he said the the word for holy, the Hebrew word for holy, the very first time that it's used in the Bible is surprising. You would think that it would be about God being holy or, you know, Jesus or something like that. But the very first time that the word holy is used, it's with the word rest or the Sabbath. So like the rest day, that's what God considered holy. So the very first time in the Bible that pops up, it's rest is important. And what is, what is hunting? I mean, sometimes it's work obviously, but mm-hmm. when you're just sitting there, it's, it's a restful, peaceful, it's kind of a holy experience being out there mm-hmm. at rest. Uh, that just kind of hit me. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's spot on. I never I never yeah. thought of it that way, but that's uh yeah. that's spot on. Like I said, I mean, I yeah, I mean we growing up from the area that we're in, you know, it's it's crazy how much deer hunting has changed. Like we mentioned, yeah. you know, doing you know, gun, doing drives with our family and um, you know, now it's sort of a thing of the past. Yeah. Uh, most people are, are into the bow hunting and whatnot, but you know, I can might've been just me being a kid, but, um, you know, doing deer drives and whatnot, I, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun whenever I did do them. I did have a lot of fun, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't catch myself talking to the Lord whenever I was sitting in the hall yeah. waiting for uncle Bill to push you a deer, you know, so, <laughs> you gotta be on alert, man. You, that'd be a quick man, prayer sometimes. Cause you, those deer come uh, screaming by you. Yeah. When you're, when you're 20 foot up a tree, buddy, it's, uh, it's easy to, uh, it's easy to talk to him, you know? And yeah, and, that's uh, good. Seems like he answers, he answers at the, uh, the, t- the you so often here, he ain't going to give you, ain't going to give me any more than I can handle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think there's some people, you know, here recently that can, can vouch for that, you know, but, uh, man, you get up there in the tree and it's like, all your worries go away. And like you said, man, like, can you honestly set 20 foot up in a tree at the end of October, slight breeze, <laughs> leaves falling, you know, the smell of autumn and think that this just happened. Like there wasn't yeah. some that, that, that this just happened. There just so happened that there's something out here that somebody decided that they were going to make this ridge and put you in a tree. And I mean, <laughs> Can you honestly set up the tree and and not talk to God while you're doing that? I can't. And like I said, I'm not, not, I don't go to church every Sunday, but I'm going to tell you something. Wait till deer have, (laughs) wait till deer have given me a relationship with God. That's Uh, that's that's just the, that's the gist of it. 
Yeah, that's cool, Mikey. I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate your stories and your heart about the stuff that you're talking about there. And you can definitely sense that you're passionate about it. And I think that that, that comes through. And I tell you, it's, uh, it's always good to reminisce about the Monroe County days. And then, I mean, you and I are kind of been on the same path. I think you're a little bit further ahead than what I am, but, <laughs> but you know, whenever you think about it, you know, I, I love, I look back at those days and uh, a lot of fond memories, you know, growing up doing the deer drives and it's just about faded out. There's still some guys that go muzzleloader hunting and I, I might go with them occasionally, but for me, I just, I love trying to figure out the deer and, and figure out where they're going to be this past year. I kind of felt like I finally figured out this property I've been hunting for six years and, and it'll probably change, you know, this year something will happen, but you know, it's just, it's just fun being out there and enjoying that. So I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on and telling some stories, man. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I tell you, I, I appreciate you having, you having me on here and you guys are doing, uh, you guys are doing good stuff. Listen, from the first episode I saw, I saw to the one you sent me the other day, smacking that turkey. Uh, <laughs> that's why I messaged you. I was like, man, I had actually watched that before I messaged you and asked you what software you were using. I was like, oh yeah, that, yeah. that looks, that stuff looks awesome. Oh, so, thanks, I mean, man. You guys have come a long way, and um, oh yeah, a uh, lot, lot better than what it used to be, and we're still improving and just having fun. I appreciate that. It's I, I, I tell you, it's, it's just fun just to try and learn the process and get a little bit better at it. And you just hope that you're a little bit better this year than you were last year, but really it's all fun. That's what it's supposed to be. Absolutely. Hey, before, I don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you end your episodes, but um, if we could end it in prayer, I'd like to be a part of one. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I've never done that before, but I love the idea. Let's do it. Okay. Father, I want to thank you for today and just grateful, God, for uh, the blessings of life and this gift of hunting that you've given us. And I'm grateful, God, uh, for Mikey coming on this show today. And Father, him just kind of touching my heart in a lot of ways. It, it gets, it's something that I need. Sometimes we all lose focus of what it's all about. Uh, we go through hard times and struggles like Mikey mentioned this past year and just, I don't know, it, it, it definitely can make you kind of jaded and angry and frustrated with the way things are going. But we're grateful, God, that this country is opening back up. We're grateful uh, that deer season is on the horizon, something that we enjoy and uh, help us not to get so consumed with it that we forget about, you know, the main thing in life. And that's our family and our kids and uh, relationships we have. But God, I, I pray that you just bless us and keep us safe, help us make good choices. And God, I'm grateful for uh, just what we learned. Uh, Mikey sharing just him talking to the Lord, being in the woods and what you've done to, to kind of teach him and teach me more about you through your creation. And I pray that you continue to do that. Help us to uh, know what it's about. Thank you, God, for um, just the blessing of life. We thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. Thanks, I appreciate man. you having me on. Absolutely, brother. Well, I'll, I will be uh, keeping in touch, of course, and definitely looking forward to hearing some more stories down the road. All right. Okay, sounds good. Really appreciate Mikey coming on, sharing those stories, sharing his heart. Um, and I don't think, looking back on 122 episodes before this, I don't know that any guest has ever asked me to pray to kind of wrap up a show. And so I just appreciate that and, um, you know, good stuff there. So I don't have any more to add. I think we talked about it. Encourage you guys. Uh, hope that you have you know, a great hunting season coming up as you get ready, as you get ready to deploy the trail cams. And if you're doing food plots and all the fun summer stuff, fishing, whatever it is that you get into, 
But on a deeper level, I think what Michael talked about, the way that we connect with God, whether we're in the woods or whether we're in church, and by the way, I think both things are important, but I will say this, either way, we need to find a way to connect. So start someplace, and uh, if you're curious about any of that stuff, I do have a couple bonus episodes a good while back that kind of talks about faith and what it looks like to become a Christian um, if you're not. So, you know, I encourage you, if you... have any questions, feel free to send me an email, sheddinglightod at gmail.com. I don't know all the answers, but I do know one, and would be happy to give you that. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you come back for another episode next week, and until then, I hope that you'll remember to shed the light.